0: It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo.
1: And thank you so much for being with us this morning. So, on the forum at 8 this morning, we're focusing on the issue of pregnant uh, underage girls in the Northwest Province this morning. The discovery of more than 3,000 underage pregnant girls at La Ratlo municipality in the Northwest Province has left the nation in shock. Some of the soon to be mothers, we understand, are as young as 11 years old. They've dropped out of school. Most are unemployed. Their children are suspected to have been fathered by older men. Uh, Northwest police say they've opened cases not only against some of the perpetrators, but also against parents and guardians who allowed the atrocity to take place and some arrests are imminent. Provincial Police Commissioner uh, Baele um, mutswenyane says that the docket will be transferred to the Director of uh, Public Prosecutions later this week. So we are discussing this alarming story this morning with the Deputy Minister of Social Development, Um, Henrietta Bukhupane-Zulu, who joins us from our studio in Parliament. Minister, thanks for speaking to us this morning. Thank you very much, um, and thank you for having us. And we also have in studio here in Johannesburg, Advocate Karina Kutsia, State Prosecutor at the National Prosecuting Authority. Thanks so much for coming through this morning. Thank you. Now we're going to start off by uh, uh, going back to uh, the story as we broke it on Monday uh, because our reporter Lucas Mutiberi has also been following developments around the story.
2: The Ratlo local municipality has a population of about 100,000 people. Of the number, 3,000 are underage girls who were last year impregnated and had to drop out from school. The shocking discovery was made yesterday in what was to become a normal Women's Month assembly. The 3,000 young mothers are from Marezane, Setlahole, Madibuho, and all other villages in Ratlo municipality. While some claiming to have been raped by their relatives, some practice unsafe sex. Others are reported to have been the victims of the popular Blesser phenomenon. Shockingly, all of them are below the age of 18. Some of the young mothers who could not be named because they are below the age of 18 had this to say.
3: It was a mistake. I was young and did not know what I was doing. My brother used to
1: beat me up and my mother was not really staying at home. I was pregnant at the age of 16 and then uh, I, I, I have a newborn.
2: Coming into question are the household of these young mothers how they themselves were allegedly failed to be provided with proper parenting in other cases it was revealed that the area is rife with child headed households a 12 year old who had already given birth to a bouncing 1 year old 6 months baby was amongst the young girls who were discovered popular cultural activist megrace masuku who attended the event was shocked and pleaded with the government to institute investigations into the matter saying punitive action should be taken against perpetrators
4: i have never in my whole 85 years have seen such a spectacle and they even come with the children and they showcase their children it's 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 a competition of moral it. moral lawlessness there's
3: no morality here, here.
2: the mayor for Ratlo municipality says a municipality will leave no stone unturned.
3: So, we want to know who pregnanted them and how many years the, uh, the, the perpetrators have. And it means the law must take its course.
2: With the news sending shockwaves even to the presidency, a delegation of government officials, social workers, and police officials is expected to be dispatched to the area. Government is adamant that this is a tip of an iceberg. Lucas Mutibedi, reporting in Marezani village in the Ratlo municipality in the northwest.
1: And uh, the shockwaves continue to uh, spread through South Africa as people hear of this. But unfortunately, I suspect that we will hear more uh, about these sort of incidents. Um, Minister Bukopane Zulu, firstly, when and how did the Department of Social Development become aware of the situation? Thank you very much, um, and thank
3: you for having us. Firstly, we need to indicate that um, the Department of Social Development is the custodian of the rights of South Africa's children. And as we celebrate the 60 years of the Women's Month, we've put sector-specific um, in, uh, dialogues in dialogues and this dialogue, to put South Africa in context, was organized by the Department of Social Development. The dialogue was focusing specifically on 18-year-olds and below who have children. And we need to understand that this 3,280 girls does not include those that are currently pregnant. It is those that have given birth And we requested them to bring their children so that we can also assess um, malnutrition as well as whether these girls have gone back to school. So it was a formally organized uh, girls' assembly by the department to celebrate Women's Month as Girls Are Our Future, to say 60 years uh, 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 ahead, what does the future look like? And we chose Rural uh, Ratlo Municipality to give us a sense of what is actually happening in rural communities and how are we protecting our girls.
1: So, Minister, if you say that as the Department of Social Development, you are the custodian of children's rights, then this happened on your watch. Why is it that this situation has uh, been uh, left to roll out to these proportions why wasn't it arrested earlier why don't we know about uh, you know uh, more cases like these elsewhere across the country
3: i don't think that's a correct statement to make because issues around teenage pregnancy <clears throat> is what we all talk about on every show i listen to safm There's always a discussion around teenage pregnancy. But I also don't think placing it at the door of social development is the correct statement to make either. These children come from families. That's first and foremost. And our journey of beginning to clap down, it starts with a parent in the home that sees a 14-year-old pregnant girl who is her daughter coming back and not doing something about it. So we have been doing these services. The fact that this one uh, got the attention of South Africa, it's sheer coincidence. This is not the first girls' assembly the department has convened. This one just happened to get the attention of the media. We do this because at these assemblies, we're not only talking to girls. It's very easy to blame the girls the first time you talk to them. But as the department, we've decided through our project Mekonzo that myself and the Minister Lamini leads to actually begin to focus on certain social challenges so that we are able to mainstream. Firstly, to strengthen families, because without a family that is strong, we will sit with these problems. Thence, we ask rolling out a program to strengthen family. Secondly, we are rolling programs for positive parenting and thirdly, we no longer want to be calling these teenage pregnancies. They are child pregnancies, children who have children. That affects the long-term parenting model because it's a child that wants to play and not necessarily look after their children. So it's not something new. It starts in the family. As much as we all know, as South Africans that when you impregnate a 16-year-old and below, it's supposed to be statutory rape. Women and men who are parents stay with these children who are pregnant and we are never uh, 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 informed. That is why we've started to roll out. The RADLOW uh, uh, one, it's the fourth one, will be going through, focusing first on rural poor municipalities. We'll have I will be doing the exact same thing that we did in Ratlou. And I can confirm also that when we go to these communities, we also take other departments with us. Young girls had an opportunity to be tested for HIV, and those that were negative, we gave them pre-exposure prophylaxis to make sure that they will never be HIV positive as we work towards getting zero. We've made sure those that are positive they get their ARVs so they can live long to raise their own children. We've made sure that those girls get access to contraceptives on site so that we are guaranteed that we will be able to now focus on getting them back to school. We will now be able to go and follow each girl back home. Do they have parents? Who do they live with? And we've set up a team through our Project Mekonzo program to go back to the home of every young girl. Lastly, we will be taking these girls word by word into uh, workshops where we can make sure that we're not only dealing with Uh, the fact that they have children. We deal with how they got the child. Is justice taking its call? Because one of the girls was 11 and she has a child. And when we asked her, she said, the only crime I committed was to want to go to school. I got raped on my way to school and I never got justice. So it's easy sometimes for us to make a conclusion upfront, but we create a platform as social development to hear and listen to the children so we can put in place programs and mechanisms that respond to the needs of the children, while at the same time we are going to begin to hold parents accountable for their inability to parent, but also for their inability to report crimes against children.
1: And I think that's absolutely the correct way to go. But as the custodian, how many children countrywide do you are you aware of who find themselves in similar situations it's a lot uh,
3: Sakina but we can't we don't have the numbers because first and foremost we are supposed to get the numbers from the department of health when the girl presents themselves to a health uh, facility a uh, uh, pregnant to access the uh, antenatal uh, services we are supposed to be informed so that we are able to dispatch our social workers and to be able to ensure that we are able to follow up. At the moment there is a gap in that regard so what happens is when we go into different communities myself and the minister as we do our ministerial outreach programs, we do dialogues first, we do sector specific dialogues and we begin to uh, find these children's ourselves but if the community was working with us and calling our command center even if it's not your child we're going back to the saying that says it takes a village to raise a child if you see your neighbor's child is pregnant and you as a neighbor you maybe you don't want to get involved call our command center 0800 428 428 and let us know so we can instantly working together to intervene At all times, because sometimes what happens is the child is pregnant, the mother is happy to receive the checkers, plastics and, and the food and everybody in the house eats without even worrying about where these come from. So if we can pull together. Because the truth be told, our girl child is under siege. But the other phenomenon that we seem to glorify and think it's okay, it's normal, is the blesser concept. And for me, as a Christian person, blesser comes from blessings come from God only. So I don't even have a name. I just call them the people that I call them thieves that steal our girl's future. We need to talk about that. But the manner in which we talk about it, we talk about it as as we, we like normalizing it we don't raise eyebrows when we talk about blessers or anything it becomes or sugar daddies it becomes a normal discussion as if it's something normal and it should happen when we see young girls in shabins uh, drinking we don't say anything we don't even uh, it take, as the adults there, take a, an issue up with the, the owner to say, but you are breaking the law. You are not supposed to sell alcohol to under-18s. We're not doing that. So at the end of the day, it's easy to point a finger and say, as the custodian social development, what do we do? But we can't be in every tavern, in every cabin in every house unless the community works with us, like it happened in Raglu because all we said to the mayor and her team was, Mayor, we would like to host a girls' assembly in Raglu but we are only, this time around, want to talk to girls under the age of 18 who have children, not who are pregnant. And this number of 2,000, 3,208 excludes those that are currently pregnant. And we had asked them to bring their babies and we set up a daycare centre alongside so we can engage with the girls and try to get girls back in school because this is also a programme to keeping girls in school.
1: When we come back, we'll speak to the MPA and we'll talk about statutory rape and the rules governing that.
3: It's your favourite time of the morning.
5: The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favourite time of the morning on AM Live.
1: And we're talking about the situation in the northwest province where 3,280 underage children, girls, Our mothers. And uh, this situation obviously has caught the attention of many South Africans, but it has raised a lot of questions as well about how society is dealing with many of these issues. As uh, Minister Bokopane Zulu was saying, where is society? Because there are so many uh, uh, institutions in that chain where this should have been picked up. Where was the school? Where was the Department of Health in terms of the uh, primary health care? Where's the society at large? Where are the parents? But also from the department of social development side if grants are paid to these children didn't it strike you as odd when a number is given uh, you know as an id number that uh, puts a child at 12 years old if this child is uh, you know actually accessing a grant but let me come to the npa in this regard statutory rape the age of consent is 16 but please explain to us what are the rules
6: around this okay yeah we have excellent legislation governing children um between 12 and uh, 16 a person can consent but it's not legal consent Um, though however the legislation had been amended to ensure that children engaging in sexual acts are not criminalised so if there's an age difference of less than 2 years and both kids are under 18 then of course the the law will the, the NPA will not pursue that case but what statutory rape specifically is trying to prohibit is sexual interaction between children and adults. In other words, a person under the age of uh, 16 and a person older older than 18. Then again, a child under the age of 12 cannot consent. It's not even statutory rape, it's rape. A child under the age of 12 cannot consent at all. Um, So in Uh, An 11-year-old that's uh, pregnant is indeed a case of rape, a contravention of Section 3 of the Sexual Offences Act. And the minimum sentence for that would, of course, be a life imprisonment if that person gets convicted. So this is being regarded as extremely serious by our laws. We also have a section in the Sexual Offences Act that specifically provides for reporting it says any person must report a knowledge of a sexual offence against a child. Now, any child at age 12 that falls pregnant means a sexual offence had been committed. That would provide you with knowledge, and that knowledge needs to report it, be reported to the police immediately. But you know, legislation can only uh, legislation only means anything. It's it's more than a piece of paper only if it's implemented. And it seems like especially the reporting the uh, um, uh, uh, compulsory reporting is something that uh, uh, South Africans do not take serious. And there's also a sentence, a sentence, the penalty clause for not reporting a sexual offence is five years. So it's a long time imprisonment. Five years. But in this instance, let's
1: take the case of the 12 year old who has a one year old child already, which means she was 11. So in that instance, who then would be liable?
6: Well, the parents should have reported this to the police immediately on gaining that knowledge. Now, 11-year-old that's pregnant clearly was raped because an 11-year-old can't con- consent. And a sexual offence must have been committed, otherwise the child wouldn't have been pregnant. In that instance, do you then go after the parents? You should.
1: Wow.
0: The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in and this morning uh, we are speaking to uh, Henrietta Zulu, the Deputy Minister for Social Development as well as Advocate Karina Kutsia, State Prosecutor at the National Prosecuting Authority and we are talking about uh, the situation that has come to light in Ratloum, a municipality in the Northwest Province where 3,280 underage children are parents and This situation, unfortunately, uh, as the minister indicated, does not include the girls who are currently pregnant, who still haven't had children. So that number will grow. And one can only imagine how that number will increase exponentially if you look at the situation across the country. But of course, there's a lot that is wrong here, and I see many of you saying that you know we've lost our moral compass as a society. Uh, there is something wrong in the way in which we view things. Um, someone was saying here on Twitter that uh, sometimes parents don't know. Um, and here's that tweet: Um, says your guests must understand that ordinary people know nothing about statutory rape, so it's up to us. Uh, uh, as social departments to educate parents. I take that point on the one hand, but I don't take it completely. Because as a parent, if your 11-year-old has been sexually violated, you don't need a law to tell you that something is wrong in that situation. But I do take the point to an extent because the issue around consent is also not clear. And, and, and I'm going to ask um, uh, Advocate uh, Kutsia to explain that again uh, with the age of consent being 16. But then you said an 11 year old cannot consent. That is rape. Plain and simple. And when it comes to uh, twelve, between twelve and sixteen, um, there is also a provision there. Uh, so maybe we can just clarify that once again. Yep. I think as
3: <clears throat> Sakina, without uh, before um, advocate, because I, I think there's two things we need to sort out before we continue, because that is where the confusion is started, and and the way we communicate to South Africans would leave the end of the show we don't want confusion um and 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 she can add because i feel the first thing is i want to clear the sasa comment you made sasa our social assistance act does not allow us to pay uh, grants to anyone under the age of 18 directly so the issue that we are paying grants to the parents of those children no. that The girls have guardians who collect their grants, and they will add the child under the guardian's name. So if you would remember when we called for a certificate, an an unabridged certificate, so we would know whose child and who's the mother, who's the father. As social development, the whole discussion became about tourism, and actually it did not look at what we want to achieve in terms of the protection of the child. And the issue of consent, as it was said, these girls are not impregnated by their uh, age group. I think I want to stress that. All of them are impregnated by men over the age of 25. That, even if you take 18, that is seven years older than this girl, and my, 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 the clarity is important because anyone that is over the age of 18, that's 19, having sex with a 14-year-old or 15-year-old, it is, a, it is a, 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 a case of statutory rape, period. It is only where both two children are involved where there is a, a, a conception, where there is a certain... Uh, uh, way the NPA would deal with that. Mm. And in this case it's 19 and above and it is nothing but at least a dried case of statutory rape and sexual offence period.
1: So Minister does that mean we are looking at at least 3,280 people who are likely to be prosecuted here?
3: no uh, because you exclude the 17 and 18 year old the law has a gap even though in terms of the children's act they are still children but in terms of the ability to consent uh, for conceptual sex it's 16 so when you minus the 17 and 18 16 and below we are definitely uh, have opened the cases
1: how many cases have you opened
3: Well, uh, by the time I left Northwest, and that is now to be followed up by the mayor and our social workers, we've set up a team. By the time I left, I had opened 49 cases for the 11, 12, 13, and And, 14-year-old. And the social workers were going to follow the children home because we don't just get parents arrested. We also look at the family status we still need to write a social work report and not justifying but also becoming pragmatic if there's seven other children in that household and uh, the mother is obviously at a particular level. So we take all of that into consideration. We've set up a team that is busy dealing with that and Maya Mudise will be at a political level overseeing and facilitating what needs to be politically overseen on our behalf.
1: And that is the difficulty isn't it? Having to weigh up and be pragmatic around these particular matters. But when it comes to uh, the prosecution of statutory rape advocate
6: Kutsia how prevalent is that in South Africa? Um, I would say it's probably not as prevalent as rape but we do deal with several cases But as I say, only when the perpetrator is an adult, 18 and above, um, not when the perpetrator is below 18. And uh, yeah, it's it's prevalent enough. I would say parents or society as a whole finds it very difficult to report crime. So I would say our reporting, our compulsory reporting (coughs) in terms of the Sexual Offences Act is very often overlooked. And what uh, Minister Bokopane Zulu
1: was saying there about, you know, having to weigh (coughs) up what is happening in these homes, having to take into account the socio-economic, you know, other societal issues in coming to a determination. How do you
6: weigh that up against applying the law in this instance? That makes it extremely difficult. And as the, uh, the Deputy Minister had mentioned, I mean, this is where compassion needs to. I mean, we can't just apply the law. Uh, We do have to apply our minds while we apply the law. And it does make it very difficult if a parent neglected to report a sexual offence, but that parent is also a parent of seven other children. Do you really want to lock that parent up? So, I mean, those are, but those are all issues that need to be canvassed, and I would say every case should be canvassed on its own facts. We can't t- say this, these, this uh, would, would, would satisfy all requirements because of this family situation. Every family would be in that situation.
1: And is there a statute of limitations as far as this goes? Or is it something that uh, government could perhaps go back and look at retrospectively in terms of bringing perpetrators to book? Well, it prescribed after 20 years. After 20 years. All right, we're going to take some calls. 0891 uh, Deputy Minister Henrietta Bukopane Zulu, as well as Advocate Karina Kutsia from the NPA, our guest this morning. And let's hear what your views are. Anonymous, you're calling from Durban. Good morning.
7: Um, good morning, Sakina and your guests. Um, it, it, it's, um, for me, I think it's very shocking. Um, I may not. Maybe let me just state that I do not want to be anonymous because I had a special case. It, it's just that um, you know I, I'm listening to this, and the minister does not have the numbers for the the national numbers for this matter, and uh, and also and uh, he, she is saying to us the government is dysfunctional because she's not getting the numbers from uh, department of health and so on and indeed i think the government is very dysfunctional on these on the social issues and um, if you take the township uh, in general we got a lot of beans, we report uh, government does nothing but issues license or even unlicensed but they are still operational so those are all the issues that i think we have problems with, and, uh, and government is not responding at all. And also, I, I think I'm very surprised by the deputy minister when she says, uh, when when, the, when her department is um, uh, is shocked by the news, because I, I would want to ask where exactly she stays. Uh, I don't think that, then that is a fair uh, comment uh, by her. I think uh, that is a big problem for us. I think that needs to be solved. But coming to the issue of education, I think it's very key. Uh, maybe back to you, Sakina, is uh, to uh, consider uh, education through the media, especially the TV. I, we do not see a lot of education in these aspects. That is why people do not understand um, uh, such issues. Even children, even the parents cannot uh, do what they're supposed to do in such events. Thank you.
1: Point taken there. Thank you so much, Anonymous. Uh, Peter Wiley in Grahamstown, good morning to you.
8: Sakina, I want to carry on the theme of your previous caller. Uh, I'd like to suggest that uh, you get the Minister of Education on the programme with a view to adding to the curriculum the, the consequences of teenage pregnancy because the school has to unfortunately step in here we've we've heard all about the problems and there's such a breakdown in society that uh, unfortunately we can't expect parents to do it under the present circumstances one's got to look at the consequences of teenage pregnancy to the teenager herself to the child that is born from that teenager to the teenager's family especially the grandmother the god who is usually left with the baby and to our country i mean the burden. Of, of this is is terrific, and sadly, this is a, a classic case of closing the stable door when the horse is miles away. as you said initially, uh, what was society doing when all this was happening? I mean when an, a, a ten or eleven year old child is capable of falling pregnant, there, there's got to be some structure in society that that actually takes action against this because wow, I mean, that, that child should never have been allowed to have that baby at that stage because what's going to happen to her? I mean, what happens psychologically to a child at that stage who's had a baby? I mean, it's unheard of. This is totally unnecessary. I think education uh, has got to take place mm. as to the consequences, as I said. I really, I've, I value you, Sakina. I think you must get the minister and hold him accountable because we've got to ask him what the purpose of education is. And one of the purposes is preparing people for life. Now, those those people are not being prepared for life if they're having babies at
1: that stage. Uh. Thank you so much, uh, Peter. And, yeah, the plot thickens because it's not something that you can blame on one sector or uh, one department or solely place at the door of, uh, you know, uh, the parents. Because everybody plays a role in educating and bringing up this child. But I do take the point. I think it is valid. Uh, Sharmaine and Kuruman in the Northern Cape. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. And thank you for taking my call. And good morning to the
4: listeners. This is not only a problem in the Northwest. I am in the office of the Northern Cape NGO Coalition. And during 2014-2015, we did some work for Seoul City through dialogues in the area. We covered the entire John Tau district where our office is. And this came out in most of our dialogues, in all our reports. That we wrote to Soul City and to other funders that supported programmes within our organisation. We reported this. We wrote about the, the teenage pregnancy, the high rates of teenage pregnancy, children uh, as, as, as young as the age of thirteen being pregnant and nothing is just happening about it. That is a very, very, very great concern. Before this came out in the news, I think early this month, I told one of my colleagues that we need to do something as an organization, but we can't if we don't have the resources for a specific program. But we need to go out and do more dialogues within schools where we can listen to children. It is a fact that even here in the northern Cape we've got a number of children under the age of 18, even under the age of 16, being pregnant and being mothers.
1: Nishamain and Kuruman, thanks so much for alerting us to that. And I guess part of the problem here is that society has normalized this. Uh, it, it has become a norm to see uh, children with children, and that is part of the problem. Uh, what is your view, uh, Geraldine Durbin?
5: Durban? You know, look, okay, I'm surprised that uh, more parents haven't phoned in. But you know, the other organisations, and one of them was vocal on TV last night, It was the South African Council of School Governing Bodies. Who go around offering to train people on. I mean, obviously, the debate yesterday was about uh, school rules. You know, one would think they had uh, uh, bigger issues to uh, tackle, but uh, apparently not. You know, but where are the parents, and where are the uh, South African Council of School Governing Bodies? in this in this saga the other thing is in fairness to the deputy minister I, I, you know well before you know she's brought it to light, but where's the minister of health how come i mean th- th- those uh, kids are presenting themselves at clinics and uh, where's the minister of education the minister of education at the moment is dealing with the issue of uh, uh, students hair rights being violated and uh, every provincial uh, 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 MEC of education is jumping on that bandwagon because that's an issue they can deal with they can't deal with the tough issues in education like zero-pass schools like selling of teachers' posts mm. for the, fraud of the feeding scheme and we can go on and on Yeah, Gerald, get, we, you make a good point th- but let's not conflate issues just, just to the NPA the NPA know that that's t- their, their, their whole uh, uh, organisation is totally dysfunctional we see it playing out in the media it, they prosecute selectively you got people like Willie Hoffman who's prepared to get up on TV and say and he only works three hours a day. It's, that's why it's dysfunctional, and that's why these people never get prosecuted.
1: Thank you so much, Gerald. Uh, let's hear from Joe in Port Chapston. Good morning, Joe. Uh,
0: good morning to you, ma'am. I- I'll be short and specific. Uh. You know, I'm, I'm just about to complete reading a book by African region, uh, written by Loranda Maghasa. This of moral, you know, uh, moral deficiencies often an in life. You know what? What happens? With this thing. You know, I don't know why we hitting up all the bullshit. You know, looking at these things superficially. Because even, even, even if the traditionalists, you know, they're coming up with, uh, they're coming out with, uh, you know. Like uh, 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 um, uh, ch- encouraging, you know, going back to our roots as Africans. You know, where are the families? You of know, course we found that these children, but you know, other children, you know, kids at twelve years, even their mothers are are also on the same category. You know, where are the families? Everybody today is only worried about, but children, everybody is always you no know, worried about tonight. You know, you, 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 you know, lustless uh, life. You know, where are you know our traditional customs? Where are our conscience? You, you know, as Africans. You know, it, it, you know, we can go on and on and on. But the basic, you know, problem for all these things is we have lost our being as Africans. You know, we have lost our. roots. See?
1: Uh, sorry, Joe. That line deteriorated and f- eventually cut out. Uh, David Durban, let's hear from you. Good morning.
9: Good morning, thank you. Um, look, uh, you know, it's, it's just. Uh, but anyway, I just got to have some few points here. You know, the first one is, no you know, going of the days that um, uh, my second away a child was uh, everyone's child, where you know, when neighbors um, uh, you know uh, could see what's wrong, they could actually uh, report reported. But I think, I think, just um, obviously, we're not playing the um uh, the blame game here but there are some very, very serious issues that we, we need not um, ignore, which I feel, in my, in my view, actually contribute um, uh, in, a, in a big way to this problem. The issue of the government more than 20 years into our democracy failing to develop rural schools. Why I say this is that, no, when kids spend time in school, I think like what the other caller was, was trying to say, that schools are there to shape our lives. And our schools in the rural areas, they are they are a shame, really, really. I am ashamed, actually, that, that we still have schools in the rural areas that don't have electricity, that, because at the moment it's not about the issue of lack of money. The money is there, and if we were to empower those schools and make sure that you no know, code of conduct in those schools are adhered to, what you are doing, you are actually giving teachers powers, right, to actually be able to check what's happening in their communities. Because rural areas, they are small communities. If we are really, really going to develop schools, the teachers are going to be well-informed and on their part because they are there to better our kids' future. They are going to give us an informed report of really, really what is happening. But at the moment, you actually see that you know, some schools, some parents, unfortunately this happens, surely, some parents actually don't see the value of sending their, to, um, I mean, their children to school because of the way the schools are. And that's really, really one reality that we need to look at and not forget it. It's
1: really, really a big contributing factor. That's what the carefully. Well, thank
5: you so much, uh, Dave. It's your favorite time of the morning. The forum at eight with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live.
1: And uh, just in trying to wrap up this, uh, let me get to our guests to respond. But before that, let me throw in a few messages as well. Kakisha uh, Mweng says. Uh, Big ups to the Social Valid, uh, Development Department for their program to help these young girls. Let's not point fingers or find fault, but rather uh, be solution oriented. Uh, David is in the Eastern Cape says, Department of Social Service in Adelaide sits and does nothing. They don't even have transport to attend to complaints. No wonder we have this mess. Uh, Boipilo say, uh, says uh, the Ratlou municipality head office is in the middle of that area in uh, Sitlachule. Those officers, with their father salaries and big cars must also be investigated. The blesses. And then Brun says, uh, the state allows a 12 year old girl to have sex and even terminate pregnancy without parental consent. This is the consequence of that. They must accept it. Willie and Christiana says, Sekina, all these hideous act, acts of impregnating teen girls, rape, committing crimes, drug deals, human trafficking are caused by our country's toothless criminal justice system and he says i don't understand why the government is surprised about underage teenagers having kids in the northwest does the department of health not require an id number when people consult so clearly there's been a breakdown there in the system But Minister, uh, perhaps uh, let me hand it over to you to talk about uh, what some of the uh, callers also raised. Uh, We've taken the point about education, but uh, talking about how the various departments in government do not speak to one another on this matter. Let me firstly
3: correct to say that, Sakina, we did not come to the show, neither did we host the girls' assembly, and we are not surprised. So I think I need to correct that. This is the work we do, We intervene in keeping girls in school every single day between myself and Minister Lamini. So we we are not surprised about what happened in Ratlou. The only difference this time around is that the work that we do got the attention of the media. We do this every day as we compile a register for our girls so that we are able to support them better, which we do through our ECB model. So we have a program that supports the girls and that is why we go out and put them into structures so that we are able to make sure that they get the best weapon that they can fight with, which is education. I unfortunately cannot speak for other departments, Department of Health or Department of Basic Education. They can come to the show and speak for themselves. But I can acknowledge the fact that as the Department of Social Development, when we go out to communities, we call and and extend an invitation to the different departments. On the Sunday we had the Department of Health, with us. We we've got girls to, to onto contraceptives, we got girls onto PrEP, we got girls onto ARVs, we provided counseling. And everywhere we have been, we don't just arrive, have an event and go. We leave our officials, they work there to transform communities, they work there to provide support to families, and it is still the case in this regard and it will be continuing on the 9th will be in Pumalanga, so that we continue uh, starting and focusing on the rural municipalities for all the different reasons uh, that we know that rural development remains a challenge. Mm. So it's our work, we do it with passion and we will continue to protect our girls and we'll continue to keep our girls in school because they are South Africa's future.
1: But the point is Minister that you are operating in silos because there is a legal duty upon each of these departments to make sure that people who come into contact with an 11, 12, 13 year old child who is pregnant has a duty to report that. I agree with you, Sagina.
3: Sometimes, as the Department of Social Development, it takes us a while to get information out of health. It takes us a while to get information out of education. So that is a fact. And we are actually establishing a coordinating structure that will bring all the social cluster in the department so that they can allow us um, to, to, to actually have access and for our social workers to get the information as quickly as possible to enable them to prepare the social work report and bring the children before the children's court for consideration, but also to enable us uh, to get into attention with our husbands. Sakina by saying one of the painful aspects that goes with this whole experience is us changing the gear in the empowerment of women when my husband goes and makes a girl pregnant uh, women don't deal with their husbands they go beat up the girls in school and when we actually need to deal with that phenomenon and that is what the girls also shared with us on Sunday
1: and now just very quickly
6: for us the advocate Kutsia." Well, yeah, legislation is just a piece of paper if we don't apply it. So, absolutely, if we don't apply our legislation, which is excellent in protecting our children, our children will not be protected.
1: And that's where we're going to leave it. Unfortunately, still many comments flooding in, and uh, I'm sure this is not the last time we'll be dealing with this particular issue. Sad story on the front page of the Sowetan this morning. Two kids and pregnant again at the age of 19, speaks to this particular matter that we've been dealing with.